Hi everyone, welcome to Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I talk about various technology-related topics. Today's topic is fintech. This is actually a very um, uh, a topic that is very close to my heart because I am working in fintech. Amit also had various experience in fintech industry. Um, right now, I'm actually working for a quite a, a known big bank as well so and with technology implementing various cutting edge technologies over there so yeah fintech is something very excited exciting to both of us and very excited to talk about it today and i feel like we will have a lot of information that will add value to our listeners and viewers so yeah without further ado let's start um what is fintech let's um give our audience some uh, definition amit what do you say yeah, uh, Renat, thanks. Thanks a lot for the introduction. And uh, yeah, I'm quite excited about this topic. Uh, it's uh, close to wo- what we do every day. It's not just work, but in our personal lives, especially in the UK. UK is, I think, one of the most advanced countries when it comes to fintech. We have the most uh, advanced uh, types of financial instruments available to the general public, which is uh, quite uh, remarkable. We are actually much further ahead than even America which is supposed to be the biggest uh, technology hub in the world. Uh, So when we talk about fintech, it's actually financial technology. Now, of course, finance has been there for a very long time and we have done various talks on it. We have talked about CBDC, we have talked about cryptocurrency, we have talked about blockchain. And today we wanted to cover uh, another aspect and they are all related to fintech. Uh, Fintech is... uh, uh, technologies that are enabling easy access, faster access to financial instruments by the general public. So what that means is that suppose I want to take a loan, how quickly can I get it? Suppose I want to open a bank account, how quickly can I do it? Suppose I want to get insurance, how quickly I can do that? And can I do it from my mobile phone? So if I can do all that without actually going to a place or without actually going through an agent, without actually going through a broker, that's basically enabling a service through technology. And that's what FinTech is all about. Yes, absolutely. I was just going to say that, yeah, as you just explained, FinTech is a portmanteau of finance and technology. I think I remember the first time when I kind of came across the word FinTech, I was confused uh, what what does that even mean? And I had to Google it. But then I found out the huge world of, of fintech and how technology ha- is like ingrained or entangled with finance nowadays. And everything that we, I mean, finance is a large industry and a lar- with a large remit to begin with. I mean, it has been historically. And how technology has been ingrained or entangled with it is, is quite fascinating, really, because um, everything that we do, we even if we are doing something that is not directly tech, even though most of the things we do are now in mobile apps or online anyway, but even if you were to go to a bank physically and doing something, even in, even in that scenario, in the background, a lot of technology is being utilized for all the things that you're asking them to do. So yeah, fintech is uh, is is quite a um, quite a large industry with so many things happening in the background that it's 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 just amazing. And uh, yeah, you've mentioned some of those things like um, you know when we're doing international money transfer, 
as well as the regular retail banking, as well as, you know, a lot of people are now into retail stocks with the advent of trading two on two and Robinhood and, you know, likes of that. And uh, let's not forget cryptocurrency because that's also finance and, you know, a, a technology at the heart of it. So all of these things do come under fintech. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really fascinating to think about all of that. Yes, uh, actually, you're right. And when we talk about technology, it's not like uh, and financial technology. We don't mean that, okay, you had a bank where you could go previously. It didn't have a website and now it has a website. That's not fintech. Uh, uh, fintech is actually trying to solve those problems because even with uh, uh, those online banks or you say online banking, you still cannot do many things very easily. You'll need a lot of, there are a lot of restrictions, there are a lot of approvals. If you want to just open an online bank account itself, it takes a lot of time. So I, I had this experience with one of the uh, large uh, retail banks here in the UK. I was trying to get myself added to my wife's account as a joint account holder. And it took so much time and effort that I just like, in the end, I just gave up and I moved to another bank, a digital bank. Um, and uh, yeah, so fintech is making life easy through technology. It's not internet banking. It makes your life easy. But imagine you take it a step further. What if you could do everything from your mobile phone? I mean, it's it's internet banking. You have to log in. You have to. But now you have an app, and you can download it on your phone. And through that, you can transfer money. You can make payments. You can do so many things. So I think that's the power. So let's let's start and break it down uh, in fintech because there are so many different areas in finance that uh, fintech covers. So let's break down some of the things and we'll just talk about uh, how technology is enabling it. So let's start with banking. So um, uh, Renat, you, you mentioned that you're working in a big retail bank in uh, UK. So can you talk about uh, what kind of uh, banking uh, I mean, what what kind of technologies is fintech enabling in banking, and how is it helping people? Yes, absolutely. I mean, if, apart from my current engagement as well, I mean, if, uh, I have quite a few engagement in financial services industry with technology implementation. So, um, yeah, including you know quite a, quite a few names that everyone would know and then there are smaller uh, financial services uh, companies who only you know only a handful of people would know have had the experience of working in all of these different types of uh, uh, financial services uh, companies and um, all in all most of the most of the in in most cases people are trying to implement newer technology to stay not ahead of ahead of the game but just to stay in competition because that's how much technology is is you know entangled with with financial services companies because if you're not if you're not um you know sort of exploring the newest technology right now you're not even going to be in the competition it's not just going to make you stay ahead of the game but it's just going to just make you remain there so um I, i'm fundamentally in automation <clears throat> and uh, um, 
you know, one of the things that I do for various financial services companies is implement a program of automation services in, 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 in their organization. And that's some of the things that I've worked in previous uh, uh, retail banks and commercial banks and uh, some of the things that I'm doing currently as well. And um, what I have seen over and over again is the, 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 kind of the need to streamline various processes. And um, one of the things that comes repeatedly is the need to sort of, so there is there is a lot of opportunity for technology implementation in financial services because there, there historically there has been a lot of people who are working for various repetitive tasks in financial services. I mean, they're very good at standardizing various business processes. And what happens is once you standardize it, you, you can, you know, you can deploy a lot of resources who would do those standardized tasks. And now with the advent of technology, you have the opportunity to automate these tasks uh, with the right tools. And now a lot of businesses, a lot of financial services, businesses and companies are looking at or exploring how to automate these things. And all of these things that we do, you know, with the front end being mobile apps or more, you know, or desktop application, a lot of things actually goes behind, a lot of sort of technical operations goes um, goes on in the background to make those things happen. I mean, obviously, as a consumer or as a user, you're hap- seeing a transfer transfer happening, you know, with a click of a button. But there's so many things that are happening with so many checks. And that's another thing about fintech as well. Uh, I mean, we have uh, entanglement of technology with various, various uh, industries. Like there is ed tech, there is food tech. There's various things that are always have a tech um, added to the end and that, that that's a new industry. <clears throat> One of the things that's different with FinTech and the rest of the tech uh, industries is that um, the regulatory com- and the compliance requirements, because financial services industry is very heavily regulated, which, which may not be the case for the other uh, industries, or they might be regulated in different ways, but compliance and uh, regulatory requirements is very, you know, a, a, a fundamental requirement for all financial operations. And uh, technology allows all of all the financial conduct to be audited well and to, to keep track of and provide insights on everything that's happening and, um, it also helps prevent crime as well in, in by the financial services company as well as you know delinquent hackers or disgruntled employees. So in many ways, technology is enabling fairer usage for the users or consumers. And um, going back to what I was saying about the user experience, you know, when you're clicking a button, a lot of things is happening in the background. Some of that includes compliance. So when you're opening an account, as you mentioned, that you probably didn't have the best of experience in one bank and then you went to an online-only bank and then you had a really good... That's because they're utilizing the technology to the fullest. There is always uh, there is already data available from the government about you know from your driving license number you can pull out a lot of data about yourselves to identify you, and then you can um, you know you can connect that with your date of birth or passport number and then they can have a fully uh, comprehensive profile about yourself from a legitimate source which is the government itself, and you know businesses can have these 
sources by registering themselves and as, as a proper company like the online banks are. And through these, with the click of a button or within the, with, 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 in five minutes, they can do the KYC procedure. KYC stands yeah. for yeah. know your customer. And that's a very, very crucial step in, in onboarding a new customer. And that, you know, some, some of the traditional retail banks takes, takes days. And whereas it can really be done in five minutes with, with, with leveraging the technology that can go behind the scenes. And that's what these online banks are doing. And I had a very similar experience when I, when I started contracting, I needed to have a business bank account. And I went to one of the you know top high street banks and I thought I'll do it that way. But then they had taken two weeks and then I did not get any response after. And I, I felt like I was not being taken care of in a way that, that they could. And then I, uh, and I had to start my job very quickly as well. And the, the, deadline, uh, the start date of my uh, contract engagement was coming up very soon. So what I did, I went online to an online bank, um, online only bank. And it literally took less than 10 minutes to scan my driving license and my passport. And they gave me an account with account number and I was ready to go. And that is such a big difference. And this, it, the difference is so high that it, is, it, it has the potential to disrupt the market. I mean, I, I say potential, but they are already disrupting the market because younger people more and more are you know, subscribing to banks like Monzo or business banks like Tide or Starling. These are some of the names, not that we are sponsored by them, but uh, some of the names that we've seen and some of them we personally used as well. And there are many benefits of, of, of these uh, online-only bank accounts. Yeah. I think uh, when I think you mentioned these scenarios really well uh, because I had a similar experience with an online only bank uh, I I mean I have used Starling Monzo Revolut in the UK uh, I have used HSBC Santander Barclays Halifax which are the big retail banks Starling Monzo Revolut they are the uh, digital only banks so when we say digital only banks it means you cannot go to a store there is no shop Everything has to be done through the phone or through the website. There is no uh, customer. I mean, you cannot actually go and talk to someone physically. Everything is done online. That keeps the cost down, but that also means that they can deliver services much quicker because there is no middleman involved. There is no paperwork. As Renat mentioned, you just scan your driving license or a passport and they immediately open. So that's eKYC, electronic KYC, rather than physical KYC where you have to sign everything, you have to fill a form, provide photocopies of everything. They will send it to uh, to their headquarters. It will get approved. They will look at your bank uh, history. They'll look at your credit history, etc., etc., and then decide whether they want to open, <laughs> open a bank account for you. So it takes a lot of time. So that's one aspect, eKYC. Uh, Rinath also mentioned about fraud so that's uh, so fraud prevention is I think a very big thing so uh, if you are trying to make a lot of payments too quickly or you try to transfer a big amount very uh, uh, to an uh, a new user uh, you will get an alert and they will try to authenticate they will try to ask or give you a phone call to verify whether it's a legitimate transaction uh, there are there are anti money laundering uh, regulations, so it, they will be able to track the money that's being transferred from one account to another and even offshore. So uh, the companies 
they have now um, these automation tools that can monitor they have these AI ML models where they can uh, monitor all the data and if your transactions are not in line with your regular use it pops up an alert and uh, they know that something is different compared to your regular usage and they'll try to verify by either emailing you blocking the payment calling you it's for your own benefit uh, because a lot of fraud happens uh, with that so so that's one uh, one way where banking is getting transformed the other way is uh, digital checks so earlier we used to go to a bank to deposit a check maybe post office uh, now you can just scan the check and it gets deposited to your account by the next day that's how quick it is so I think banking has transformed plus the other thing about online banking and now with the advent of open banking is that your data with your bank is accessible to other third parties if you allow it if you authorize it what that means is that uh, suppose you transact with a big bank say HSBC or NatWest or Barclays these are UK specific banks so you bank uh, you bank with one of these banks now um, there is a credit score agency like ClearScore or Credit Karma and they want to access your account so they can uh, recommend you financial products like credit cards loans mortgages insurance etc so they will keep a track of your insurance based on and your credit score they can recommend you products uh, and for that they would need access and you can now give them access so they'll have access to your transactions uh, and they'll have access only for a limited period of time then you have to re-authenticate but they have access and it's not just these financial companies or credit score companies but other banks so you can actually look at your uh, bank uh, balance say from HSBC in Santander bank application so you don't have to go to HSBC application once you authorize it you can actually view it in one application so that's the power of uh, open banking and uh, mobile banking currently in the UK absolutely that's actually so amazing and um, this actually uh, brings me back, back to one of the things that you said in the beginning that how UK is so much further ahead than uh, countries like uh, US or Canada because um, uh, you know, they, they have some uh, mobile apps and other other financial systems called like uh, PayPal and Venmo. And, you know, it, it, we might sometimes feel frustrated that why don't we have um, something like that? But the actual reason is we are so further ahead than their banking that we never even needed these, these uh, financial tools that they had to uh, implement to do their regular banking. I mean, what you do with PayPal or Venmo, send money to from one person to another. We can do that, you know, just from directly bank to bank transfer. I mean, there there are times when I sent like pennies to my friends, just you know, make it to just have fun. But it, you can do that without needing a third party application and. Uh, that was that was already like 10 20 years ago we were doing that and now we have even open banking is now kind of like not not new news anymore yes, but yeah. um, it's a standard you know, now it, everyone has yeah. to adhere to it yeah yeah so in my in my uh, uh, lloyd's bank account mobile app i can see if i have account with natwest or hsbc i can see all of those accounts and credit cards details and tra transactions in one app and 
obviously the first thing that you think about what about security and but obviously if uh, you know um, all of these banks have come together to provide us this technology it made our life consumers life a lot easier and uh, the 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 question of security and um, sort of uh, privacy is maintained and that's how they're providing that service so yeah it, it just amazes me how further ahead the uk banking system is and i am quite lucky to to be a consumer of this uh, of this system indeed indeed and uh, i mean um, it's i mean once you have access to mobile bank uh, and then these credit score uh, uh, your own credit score through say clear score or credit karma it um, it gives you so much access and so easy access i remember when i wanted to apply for a loan um, and i wanted it like um, by next day i went to zopa it's a peer to peer lending so what that means is there are a group of people or some people who have uh, money left in their bank accounts and they want to invest it somewhere so they invest in a company like zopa and uh, zopa will uh, give them uh, promise them an interest on their investment and that money that which they invest is given as loan to other people who pay interest on that loan now the beauty of this is that uh, you apply online and you apply through say clear score or credit karma so these are credit score agents uh, credit score companies where you can actually check your credit score free of cost so you can open an online account and you can go there you can give your details personal details like your name your address history your date of birth um and uh, your mobile number email address etc and they will then pull out all the financial history that credit agencies have on you and they can tell you if you have missed any payments or what is the address stored on your file etc etc how many bank accounts you have opened how many uh, direct debits you have every month etc so once once they have all this information they can then recommend you products and then through that i applied for a loan in zopa zopa approved it and i got the money i mean not next day it was like instant i got the money in my account and uh, i was able to use it instantly and it's not just zopa there are other companies that, that can now provide you loans in your bank account uh, like within seconds of approval so you go online apply for it it gets approved money is in your account and you can use it right this is this is quite interesting actually i i didn't i wasn't aware or i haven't explored peer to peer lending that much but yeah now hearing about you uh, about this i i definitely want to find out i mean not that we are sponsored by zopa either but uh, definitely want to check this out uh, and and other uh, similar uh, providers like there is like- one company called lendable they also provide uh, instant loans there is rate setter and there are many other companies online i've used some of these so i can uh, personally say that yes the service is good because uh, once you get approved based on your credit score of course uh, mm-hmm. they and also based on your credit score they can the interest rate is dynamic so it it's not fixed it's not like everyone will get the same interest rate it's depending upon your payment history your credit history etc that they will give an interest if you have a lot of outstanding loans the interest rate will be a bit higher if you have less outstanding debt then your interest rate will be lower because you are low risk So, right so these are I mean, very very good ways to get uh, absolutely no i i was more thinking about um, the investment opportunity rather than taking the loan because uh, yeah i yes, mean there uh, is investment opportunity like really, yes yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and there are many other companies who do that 
so yeah, so that's that's one area where so we started with a bank, then we looked at credit score, and now we went to lending. So it's like uh, you want to take a loan, you want to take a credit card. So that's all related to that. Now suppose you want to make a payment. So Rinath mentioned that you take the bank accounts. So I have Rinath's bank account, and I can transfer him money, or he can transfer me money. But um, you might have heard about uh, Paytm in India. There are many other companies, and uh, in PayPal you actually just need an email address. So if you send money to that email address, the uh, the money will reach you. So they will always ask what's your PayPal email, and uh, the money will come to your account, uh, free of cost, of course, no no transaction charges. Uh, and uh, in UK, you can now transfer money from one bank to another bank using a mobile number. So your mobile number is linked because of your mobile banking. So every bank app will have access to the mobile number. So with that mobile number, they can link your bank account, and with that bank account, they can transfer money. So you can actually transfer money through. a mobile number and it's not just that like transfer money within the country you can transfer money abroad as well so there is transferwise and there are many other companies remit i think remit to india remit lee there are i mean i have used transferwise uh, and i can vouch for its uh, services it's very quick so what they do is you transfer money to their bank account and they will transfer money to our indian bank account how they do that i i don't care but what i know is that the moment i make the transfer the money is in my account within 2 to 3 minutes it's that quick depending upon the time of the day so that's a game changer i don't have to wait days or weeks to get money in my indian bank account it's it's within like minutes all oh, right okay i i wasn't aware of that actually i mean i was just going to mention transferwise because i'm i'm a very regular user of transferwise as as a, as an immigrant person myself um so and and i remember back in the days when i used to have like western union i mean yes. i'm sure they have also implemented technology nowadays which i haven't explored yet but uh back in the days i used to have to go with the cash to a shop or a, like outlet and then fill up forms and then send the money and then the recipient on the other end had to take that password or a passport or the scanned copy of the document and then take it there and then get the cash which it was so difficult or inconvenient compared to what it is now and um yeah i i used uh, transferwise and some of the other ones you mentioned like remitly uh it's quite popular in canada i think um from some of my friends i haven't used remitly but transferwise is uh, or i think they're now recently called wise uh, and um yeah i mean but i'm actually surprised hearing that you're saying that it only takes a few minutes because my experience still is uh, it takes one or two days which is still a lot quicker than it used to be before um uh, i think but, it depends um, on the country because uh, for india it's uh, minutes i mean i ah, transfer right. uh, i transfer to india so i it could be because uh, of the country to which you're transferring It could be yes. It could be that because there are other uh, regulatory uh, requirements before you can actually make mm-hmm. the transfer. Uh, so absolutely. So, so that's that's uh, another way where uh, fintech is transforming international cross-border payments, especially for immigrants like us. When we have to send money to the family, and we have to uh, support our family, etc. I think it's very important to be able to send money quickly to them without incurring a very high interest rate. Uh, sorry, high. a uh, transaction fee so uh, tra- uh wise so 
it used to be called transfer wise it has now become wise uh, thank you for pointing that out uh, renath uh, so what they, they do is for every transaction they charge you money but it's a very small amount say suppose you're sending 200 300 pounds or say 3000 pound they'll charge maybe one or two pounds or maybe five pounds depending upon it okay it all sounds a lot better <laughs> for india than 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 for bangladesh actually i do get charged more than the the numbers you're saying but still it's much better than what i used to get in i exactly. mean yeah i think and, i think it's more to do with the country and the regulation uh, and the banking ties that they have but in all of these situations the overall experience for me is improved so much because exactly. yeah, i mean um it's cheaper overall as well as so convenient that you know sometimes i don't even have to get out of bed i can just use two apps my mobile banking app and the wise app and then the money is already in its way and you know they're going to get it in the recipient's going to get it in their bank account so they don't have to go somewhere to get the cash yes. either yes. they're just going to just get deposited in their bank account so it's ready for them to use however they like which is is completely like a day and night difference and uh, this these are the some of the ways technology is kind of you know turning the financial world upside down yes indeed and uh, so once you have these cross border payments so you you can now move uh, money from one account to another account from one currency to another currency now bear in mind when we do a cross border payment there is a conversion as well so if i transfer from uk to india there is a conversion from pounds to rupees indian rupees and they have a transaction fee and it is all calculated instantly or on the day or on the minute what the current exchange rate is uh, they calculate the commission they calculate the fees they calculate the conversion rate they tell they show you everything and you make the transfer and the money is in your account within a couple of minutes uh, so it is it is actually quite transformative and it's um, and i think it's all to do with the user experience the convenience of uh, doing a financial transaction with such ease because it gives you very less headache you don't have to worry about it you can do things last minute so it takes that burden of planning things ahead going somewhere doing something maybe withdrawing money from your bank account that also has a challenge because you can only withdraw certain amount of cash per day so though there are all these challenges as well and now from from payments if we go a bit further you have insurance uh, we talked about loans but then we have insurance as well so insurance is also one of the financial instruments uh, through which uh, uh, i mean you cover yourself in case of any eventuality it could be a home loan sorry home insurance it could be your uh, business insurance it could be life insurance it could be car insurance it could be travel insurance now all these things are now very standardized uh, especially i think in europe i'm not sure about other markets I've, i live in europe so i i know about the market here they're very standardized you can buy insurance online within few minutes of course for uh, health uh, say life insurance health insurance you have to fill a bit more details because they'll ask you about your uh, 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 your health history your travel history etc before they can uh, assess the risk and uh, provide you a quote of the insurance but for say car for travel 
for uh, many other things business insurance home insurance it's very quick so you have these comparison websites where you can just go buy insurance and you don't have to go through an agent earlier you had to go through an agent an agent would come and uh, recommend your product and they will say okay this is your lifestyle so this is how much cover you need now you can just select everything online and you'll get a list and based on your risk or your appetite or your say um, your credit history you will get products and now you can mix and match you can add add something you can remove something you can have an add-on etc so it just makes life easy and there are the all these websites where you can just go compare and buy insurance Yes, absolutely. I mean, there are so many like um, sub-sectors in financial services. You know, we looked at, uh, you know, foreign transactions, their insurance, and there's retail banking, and then there's commercial banking, so many. And all of these, um, you know, sub-industries, if you want to call it sub-industry, they are industries on its yeah. own. But, um, you know, all of them have implemented technology and they had to because um, it can have so, you know, it does provide so much benefit. And, um you know, and it didn't happen overnight, though. It happened, you know, it was a slower transition in the beginning, but more and more, um, you know, the, 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 the industry leaders or the management or whomever was in charge of decision, they saw the benefit that technology brings in, into these, uh, each of these business processes. Uh, and uh, yeah, just not just, you know, using a computer for emails at work, but there are, you know, so many things where technology can be ingrained within the process and the process can be improved. So consumers are ultimately benefited with, with, you know, time safe and convenience. Yeah. And obviously, you know, so far we've been talking about, you know, our traditional money and how that, but then we can't, we must not forget cryptocurrency and the new money that's coming in. That's also finance because it's money. And CBDC. And, and yes, CBDC. and I've, I've recently heard this news that we, when we were talking about, we, we had a talk uh, for our audience who uh, didn't catch that a few, um, a few, quite a few episodes before earlier, we had a talk about CBDC and we explored what it is and what it can do and the potential for it. Recently, I saw a news about CBDC where, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, uh, NATO countries, not necessarily NATO countries, but some of the uh, Western countries with quite strong financial standings like UK, Germany, etc. They are considering uh, um, uh, sort of starting up a, yes. you know, yeah. a CBDC. It's, it's not just UK, Germany. There is India. India in their financial budget, they have recently told that they want to look at uh, CBDC. They have uh, legalized uh, cryptocurrency purchases. Of course, mm -hmm. uh, there will be taxes, but uh, they have legalized that. Uh, in UK, you can buy cryptocurrency and you can uh, you still have to pay some tax when you try to sell those after Absolutely. you get some profit. But I think it's all legal. Um, of course, with any, any investment, there is a financial risk. So we will not advise you to buy or invest in a certain cryptocurrency. Please uh, look at your risk appetite and invest accordingly. Um, and um, we are not recommending any cryptocurrency over any other. So do your research and then invest. Absolutely. And also just to add a little bit of another footnote as well, it's not legal in every country. So please do yes, yes. Only, only, only do things if it is legal in your jurisdiction. So, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> so, so I think uh, cryptocurrency is uh, there. Uh, cryptocurrency has its own, I think, market. 
a lot of uh, com- a lot of people who don't have access to a bank account so normally in the uk you can open a bank account if you have a driving license or a passport or some kind of a legal document but in many countries you don't even have those legal documents so a banks banks don't want to take that risk so a lot of people in poor countries uh, or developing nations they don't have uh, bank accounts so these are the unbanked people and most of these unbanked people now if they want to transact they are now looking at cryptocurrencies because in you can buy a cryptocurrency just opening a uh, opening an account in one of the exchanges uh and uh, you can um, easily uh i mean you can ask someone maybe or you can uh, use some cash i don't know but you can still buy cryptocurrencies once you buy that you can then transfer those cryptocurrencies you can trade that you can invest it somewhere or you can uh, just do cross border pay- cross border payments so you send bitcoin from say uk to say bangladesh and uh, in bangladesh someone will receive the cryptocurrency and they'll encash it and they get the money based on the current traded value of bitcoin or ethereum or xrp or whatever yes and in future they don't even have to convert to money if if cryptocurrency is fully implemented in the market yes. so <laughs> yeah and and banks and governments saw this as a risk and that's why they they looked at how they can tackle it and regulate it of course it's for the benefit because bear in mind cryptocurrencies are, is still a very highly unregulated market so there is no protection so in case something happens with your money it's gone uh, you lose it forever uh, if you forget the uh, id of your wallet you lose it forever uh, there is no recorded history uh, it's just gone so you have to be very careful yeah, when it yeah. comes to uh, investing in cryptocurrencies but of course it is there and you can use it so banks saw this as an opportunity and especially the governments they saw this as an opportunity to come up with something of their own which they can control regulate and ensure that it's used for normal purposes and not for anything else not for any illegal activities money laundering yes. terrorist activities etc absolutely and i think common man you know uh, does need some protection and if it is coming from the government then that's you know, that, that's that's very good i mean who else should you know should you expect to protect you yes as um, but uh, one of the things that i think one of the main difference with cbdc or cbdc stands for central bank digital currency that in many governments are looking at or exploring and the regular cryptocurrency that we know of like bitcoin and ethereum is that uh, these uh bitcoin and ethereum these are the main one of the main selling points that they have is that it's decentralized but yes. cbdc is going to be centralized in the it's in the name central bank digital currency the main difference is going to be it's going to be centralized so it, government would have some sort of control and that way they can also provide the protection as well as they can also implement a few things that you know <laughs> people might not like like better tax transparency because they will be able to know who paid tax and who didn't very easily uh on on which transaction so yeah there is there is going to be less of a gray area where uh you know um regular um you know consumer or a, a citizen can can you know sort of uh, uh 
avoid uh, or tax in their discretion. There's going to be, uh, and, and also, but there, there will be protections, like you mentioned, like, you know, there would be less of transactions with, uh, uh, which includes terrorist activities or drug use and that kind of stuff. So, you know, uh, society would be more protect, protected in, in these ways. So there are benefits and, you know, disadvantages on both. I think, but, uh, Rinath, you mentioned about tax avoidance, but uh, even with cryptocurrency, because you cannot buy uh, many things with cryptocurrency uh, today, what will happen is you will have to convert it to a local currency, say dollars, pounds, euros. And once you convert that, it gets added to your income. So you then have to declare it and then you have to pay tax on it. Yes, no, no, absolutely. That's, that's of course there. But what I'm talking about is say, for example, you have a company uh, business card and you go to a business trip and, you know, your company has said that you can spend money on meals and stuff like that, which is that going to be added, you know, the companies then use that as a, you know, tax, uh, right off because those were expenses the company expenses even if you do go over your budget a little bit it would still be you know um kind of like um counted as, as spending company expenses but that is a gray area if you had specified your um, you know an employee's limit on on a daily you know um spending limit and then they go over it that's you know if it's if it's cbdc government's going to know about each and every spending uh including you know which which one was you know no, but, uh, no 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 i think uh, that's where you are mistaken i mean they will have uh, you will have a wallet and they will have cbdc but cbdc will give you the same level of anonymity that a cash does that's, that's Are you sure about reasons. that? Yes, because yes, that's I I, I yes. seriously doubt that because all of your transaction is digitally recorded. That, that's why you have. Uh, that's why there is a difference between, say, a normal transaction and CBDC. So, like, you make a credit card payment, you can track all those things. But, CB, but then, CBDC gives you that anonymity. But if, if, if then you can question that if you get that anonymity, then what's stopping um, you know the, the the delinquent transactions like drug use or terrorist activities? How are they going to track that if so, anyone? So even so, with CBDC, you will need a wallet or you'll need a bank account, and those bank accounts will be managed mostly by the central banks, or it would be managed. I mean, there will be some agency to manage that, and those transactions, yes. But the, the digital uh, currency itself, the whole point of having a digital cash is to replicate what's there in the physical world. I, I seriously doubt that it would give you the same anonymity as cash. But, you know, you do have some anonymity. Well, if you, even if you're doing digital transaction in your bank, you don't have any anonymity. Yeah, there's no anonymity. anonymity. I really don't think that you'll get the same level of anonymity as using cash. But... You know, however it is, um, it's 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 still, you know, newer technology being implemented, and I'm sure the the delinquents will find newer ways to of do course, their of business. <laughs> but uh, the problems, just... there will be a new way, and uh, that, that's how that's how innovation comes. So people yeah. people strive to look at how to bypass an existing problem, and uh, they figure out a new way. And then governments uh, track that, and they form a new regulation. And, uh, Absolutely, I think I think the goal is to make the severe crimes so difficult 
I mean, there, there's always going to be petty crimes. And, you know, a lot of the time civilians end up doing pet, petty crimes. It's just the objective is to make like severe crimes like murder or terrorist activities so difficult that that gets significantly reduced, yes. hopefully to zero. But the rest of it will probably be a part of our society, whether we like it or not. But you know, people could have other controversial views. I have to... Uh, debate if anyone wants to, but yeah, it will be a fun debate. I don't have any strong views on opinion on any of these, but yeah, happy to be enlightened. But yeah, um, going back to our topic, cryptocurrency and digital currency all in all is also a major part of fintech. And um, some of the things that are also happening is looking at all the transactions in a blockchain in, in any of the cryptocurrency or CBDC, you could find patterns and, you know, you could implement machine learning algorithms to find patterns and find behaviors, consumer behavior on a macro level as well as on a micro level because we, we don't really necessarily lack computing power. We just lacked quality data. And now with real life transaction in a whole country being added, or, you know, in, in case of Bitcoin or Ethereum worldwide being added, you can identify various patterns and make larger economic decisions that impacts everyone um, and, you know, do policy regulations that are going to be beneficial to the biggest number of consumers this way, which, you know, obviously these are all powerful tools and we hope that uh, people who are in charge will use it efficiently and for the right reasons. And if it is used in the right reasons, it could be so much powerful and beneficial to, to us common people. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that's uh, another, I mean, if you, if you just Google FinTech, cryptocurrency, blockchain, they are always at the top uh, because that's the... That's the way to go forward. How, how do you go to a decentralized structure? And if you have a CBDC, how do you manage it? What kind of ledger it would look like, etc. So I think these technologies are very crucial, even though it is still a very gray area. Uh, it's still run on speculation. If you look at the prices of Bitcoin or Ethereum, they fluctuate quite a lot. So it's still driven by a lot of speculation. Uh, so it's not, that's why it's very difficult to invest in these uh, currencies right now because they are not very stable. If you go with a traditional currency like dollar and pound, they are very stable. So it's your the value of that currency will not go up or down drastically. Um, so like... Uh, uh, yeah, I think one of the funny thing a few years ago, I think Uber was looking at um, accepting Bitcoin. And then the reason they couldn't is because at the start of the journey, you might have a price of a Bitcoin, which could significantly change by the time you end your journey. So, uh, yeah, but, yeah. you know, we are slowly moving towards a... a Some kind a of digital currency. Yeah, where it could be cryptocurrency, it could be uh, CBDC, so, yeah. but yeah, we are moving towards uh, that uh, direction mm -hmm. because I think digital is the future. Most of the transactions are now happening. I mean, when we talk about transactions, uh, everyone has already started using Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Google Pay. Mm -hmm. So you have a wallet on your phone. You don't have to carry a physical wallet. And with that wallet, you have a lot of credit cards, debit cards, you have loyalty cards. So suppose I go to Tesco or Sainsbury, which are grocery stores here in the UK. Um, we can just uh, use those uh, cards, get points 
points on it and we can also redeem them in the future so it's so convenient that you don't have to carry a wallet anymore you just need your mobile phone and actually not mobile phone you can also use a smartwatch and you can <laughs> do all the transactions from your smartwatch using nfc technology so i think mm. uh, making your life easy is the goal of fintech and getting more people connected getting more people involved getting more people banged is also the aim Uh, getting rid of uh, rid of the red tape the bureaucracy the slow uh, processing times uh, i think while remaining compliant to exactly. to the regulations yeah so use technology to your benefit and uh, ensure that uh, a wide range of technological sorry uh, financial services are available to the public i mean we just talked about a few there is um, there are financial literacy websites where you can actually get literate about how to do um, how to invest money how to save money in the online banking world you have now uh, spending categories so you can actually through your bank statements you can see which areas are you spending more are you spending more on food travel commute um, or uh, leisure entertainment etc so there are categories so you can look at a monthly trend of where you are spending more money that helps you to make better financial decisions you have digital tax returns now so you don't have to file a paper tax returns anymore you can file your tax returns digitally you get refund digitally it's no longer a check it just comes to your bank account you have uh, robo financial advisors so earlier you used to go to a financial advisor now but most of the advice that they would give is based on certain inputs and the standard products available so there are robo financial advisors then there are instant loans we talked about and there are many other things uh, in the financial in the financial industry that has been actually transformed the 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 major thing that has recently that has come up is uh, buy now pay later Mm-hmm. so you you make a payment you you buy something say an apple watch or say a samsung phone and you buy that say 800 pounds uh, and you pay it later over a period of 3 months or now, or 4 months or 12 months so that's basically interest free credit to you at the tip of your fingertip and you don't have to worry about paying now of course it puts a lot of people in debt but that payment option is now available so that has also transforming the industry and uh, there are many other things uh, that's happening mortgages so uh, mortgages just a home loan so if you want to apply for a home loan or change your existing home loan to a new provider um, there are a series of steps and most of the things can be done online so you don't even have to do go to a bank send them paperwork everything is done online so it it just makes your life so convenient so now where you could do maybe one or two things in a week you are able to do 10 20 things in a day it's absolutely and that 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 just changes the whole lifestyle before um, part of our monthly or weekly chores were a big chunk of doing just this and now we just do it you know while leisurely lying in bed from our phone and we have freer time to innovate or to think about or consume or learn you know uh, and you know these are the things that are also help will also help us progress in our life lead a more content life obviously by by you know by the way you choose how you would spend all of this free time you yes. could also like making a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes you could also mindlessly keep scrolling which i 
I'm also guilty of, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's all about control. But yeah, you have all of these free times thanks thanks to technology and the connection of technology between uh, interdisciplines, uh, interdisciplinary collections like finance and other uh, industries with tech. So yeah, we've talked about many aspects of, of uh, financial finance and tech. Uh, we've talked about retail banking and how the business process goes on that are in the background and how they're being um, efficient, uh, more efficient with tech. And then we talked about uh, foreign exchange, we talked about uh, cryptocurrency, we talked about quite a few sure, things, but yeah. and yeah. we've only touched on <laughs> the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I think the, uh, one thing we missed is the investment. So we talked mm -hmm. about, we mentioned trading 212 and we mentioned uh, Robinhood, but uh, these are so convenient apps that you can buy stocks uh, from any country, uh, literally, uh, US, UK, uh, Asia, and you can invest money. You can invest money in cryptocurrencies, you can invest money in bonds, you can invest money in stocks, uh, many, many different products, ETFs, index funds, etc. Mm -hmm. And it makes your life easy. Just with the click of a button, you transfer some money and you buy some financial products. You don't have to go through a traditional bank, open a DMAT account, etc. It's all in one app. Absolutely. And even before, before the advent of, you know, uh, uh, companies like Trading212 or Robinhood, even retail banking was an exclusive club that not everyone was able to afford yes. or, uh, you know, not even just to experiment or test. Now, um, you can, you know, they, they can also provide uh, commission-free trading. Of course, they are making money in different ways that, you know, we probably touched upon in, in our other episodes. But the point is that it became so much more reachable to normal, us regular people that, um, you know, it is, it is turning the investment world upside down as well because, you know, what happened with GameStop shares and, you know, a lot of yeah. people know. And that wouldn't have happened if, all of these things were, you know, and you know, a lot of a lot of those transactions happened in Robinhood, because us, you know, just regular people had access to be able to buy and change the outcome of, you know, all of these Wall Street um, analysts Analyst predictions. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, that was uh, that was quite interesting times, and uh, hopefully there will be more more and more power to regular people. Um, eventually and as as everything becomes decentralized um i mean we we say that it everything will become decentralized but someone still has to maintain the infrastructure and that will be <laughs> <It's> decentralized <true>. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is rather than having one central body if there are 10 smaller central bodies that's still a little bit more more power to the masses than than the other and then obviously there's obviously in capitalist market there will be competitions and there out of those 10 probably one would be a little bit bigger and one one would go out of the market but overall you know anyone who studied economics or is there is concept of monopoly and um, you know various other types of markets and oligopoly is the best one for consumers because there are few big players there's no one has monopoly but Big players makes the makes makes it easier for consumers. Like what we uh, oligopoly is a, an example of oligopoly is uh, uh, UK uh, grocery shopping. We have quite a few five six uh, Sainsbury's, Asda, Wal uh, not Walmart, but Morrison's and Tesco, uh, things Aldi, like Tesco. Yeah. 
but they're big enough so they can they have the logistics power to bring food, bring items for quite cheap to the consumers but they're also in competition with each other so they are also having to keep the price down low so it's all way all the way win win for the consumers and that's probably where we want to get to with with you know all kinds of uh, these these kind of tech products and fintech um yeah tools i mean it's it's not market. just groceries i mean even if you look at today's tech industry i mean most of the technologies either with microsoft amazon facebook google apple samsung most of the technologies within these uh, companies so most of the uh, online applications that we use or mobile phones or even devices they are or say email accounts are are actually from these companies so they are kind of a big thing and they dictate mm-hmm. where the market goes so it is it is good for the people but uh, yeah yeah let's see let's see what happens and things will keep changing things will keep changing and uh, uh, the the digital world is a necessary uh, thing it's it's a necessary evolution fintech is i mean renath already mentioned fintech is just one thing there is food tech biotech there is uh, edutech there is there are so many industries that are getting transformed by technology and uh, one of the reasons we started this podcast is because technology is so exciting it's changing every day it's changing very rapidly and that's what that's our passion as well so we keep reading about technology we keep understanding its implications we keep hearing uh, uh, other other uh, eminent speakers in the industry we read blogs we read news uh, so we are very passionate about technology and that's what we are trying to do with this podcast is to bring awareness about these different things different industries and see how technology is transforming and how technology is making our life easy i mean technology can be used for many evil purposes but in the end its main goal is to make money for the businesses of course mm-hmm. but also to make life easy for you absolutely yeah what benefit it does for the consumer is the ultimate target usp of course so yeah this this was actually quite quite a good talk uh, uh, you know hopefully the audience you guys have enjoyed and uh, you know got some new information in different areas of fintech even if you knew some of it i hope uh, you know we were also able to bring you some new information in, 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 in from a different perspective uh, and yeah as as i mean you said that it's ever changing and new technologies are coming up and so yes do do subscribe to our channel to keep in tune with all the things that are happening and will be happening in future um hopefully you guys will also reach out to us the way you usually do with newer uh, topics that you would like us to talk about and uh, yeah um it was it was fun talking today and hopefully we'll see you guys again um in our later episode thanks everyone bye thanks everyone bye